Hello and welcome back to There's a Startup for That, powered by CoCubed. This is a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of collaboration and innovation at corporates, celebrating awesome partnerships. You're here with me, Mark, and my colleague, Neil. Hello, everyone. And we will be your hosts for today. So we're back with another Save the Corporate story. Isn't that right, Neil? Yes, Mark. And today we are going to be exploring the world of corporate venture capital and how corporates can leverage access to the latest and hottest innovations through their CVCs. And this is to help solve the biggest challenges, um, you know, such as the hot topic now, which is sustainability. So joining us today, we have Nicola Tung from Coca-Cola, your Pacific Partners Ventures. Hi, Nick. Hello. Hi. Um, so if you could just introduce yourself a little bit and um, tell our listeners who CCEP, or in short for um, Coca-Cola, your Pacific Partners, um, is and who is CCEP Ventures, that would be great. Sure. Uh, so Coca-Cola Europe Pacific Partners, or CCEP as we tend to refer to it as, is one of the world's largest bottlers of Coca-Cola. So we make, move and sell the product in 29 countries, mm. and that's spanning across Western Europe and the Asia-Pacific region. And then our ventures uh, department is our innovation investment engine. So our aim is to find, fund and foster transformative solutions that will support our net zero 2040 ambition. Mm. And we do that by a quite a broad range of engagements. So we partner through investment, through academic funding and commercial relationships. Mm-hmm. And then my role specifically is responsible for sourcing. So I'm the first point of contact for most of the innovators and the startups that we speak to. Um, we screen around 50 startups a month with the help of CoCubed. Um, and my role is to make a decision on if the company's right for us and if so, how do we best work with them? Mm-hmm. So I start stakeholder management internally, I get subject matter expertise and start to build a business case before making recommend- recommendations to our investment committee. Mm-hmm. Very exciting role. I mean, you're at the forefront of like new technologies and seeing new innovations coming out mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and so I guess we will start by looking at how CCP Ventures started to give a bit of background to to our listeners. Um, yeah, so if you could tell us a little bit about your kind of first investment thesis um, that came out from the Ventures. Yeah, sure. So I mean, it's a great point to start on because CCP Ventures has been around for about four years and our mandate was very different then to what it is now. So, mm. Initially, we were operating in a way that's pretty typical for a CVC. So we were investing across the value chain in things from transport to sales tools, um, in ready-to-scale companies that could provide us with a competitive advantage in their field. Whereas now, we're focused almost entirely on sustainability initiatives, while still trying to give the business kind of a rounded view of what else is happening in the innovation market. So I think you wanted some examples of kind of what the old thesis might look like. Um, yeah. So a great example of something that we've invested in is Tele Retail. It's one of our first investments and they're an autonomous vehicle company that we've trialed with our customers. So they did some customer deliveries at Alton Towers and they're currently working on a project with our supply chain teams to autonomously move product around our sites. And then another one of our first investments was a company called Pour My, Bev- Pour My Beverage, which was self-pour, self-pay technology. And the purpose of that is to enhance customer experiences whilst providing operational benefits for our retailers. Mm -hmm. So all your investments kind of 
leads back to the business units within CCEP and ensuring they can add values to, to the business. Yeah, absolutely. So we are pure strategic investors. Mm. And so you mentioned you have shifted that now to focus purely on sustainability. Can you tell us a little bit about like why the shift? Why, why did you make that move? Sure. So uh, sustainability has always been a key part of the investment thesis. So really what's changed is the type of sustainability innovation that we're looking for. And I usually explain it to people in two different buckets. So the first one is what I would call accelerating technologies. So we're looking for sustainability initiatives and businesses that can help us move faster on the things that we've already got underway. So, for example, that might be enabling technologies that allow us to remove the need for virgin fossil-based PET in our bottles or businesses that promote things like reusable infrastructure. So, so it's the initiatives that we're already working on as a business and how can we partner with these startups to help drive that and move it faster. And then the mm. second bucket I'd call breakthrough technology. And that's where our shift in focus is most evident, I'd say. So... Breakthrough refers to the technologies that are really under development. They're long-term bets where the impact of the investment won't be felt immediately, um, but that are going to have significant impact helping us reach our net zero goal. So just, I'm sure you're going to ask about it later, but just as a kind of flavor, it's things like moving towards synthetic biology for manufacturing ingredients or carbon capture and utilization. Mm. I like that. I like um you know, like the focus on what you have already, what the business is already working on for, and versus like the near future that the business is moving towards. Um, so I think that's that's really interesting. And in terms of, you know, when you look for a startup, obviously with your role, like sourcing, looking at over 50 startups per week. Um, is it per week? Yeah. Um, what do you look for in a startup or in a founder? Like what are the criteria when, when it comes to, you know, sourcing new startups that could be potentially a good fit for CCEP? Yeah, so I guess we're just looking for someone who has the right idea and then figuring out the best way to work with them. So we're quite stage agnostic, but we're most comfortable in, in kind of a seed round. Um, but we're happy to go as early as academic research or on the flip side of that, we're happy to look at businesses that aren't looking for investment, but that need a commercial partner to help them scale. Mm. I guess the easiest way to describe how I assess a company and what we're looking for is to think about two questions that I always have in my head when I first speak mm-hmm. to someone. So the first one is, if this crazy idea succeeds, mm-hmm. will it be a good thing for CCEP? Mm-hmm. And what's the potential impact of that? You know, how, how bigger impact is that going to have on the way that we operate? And then the second one is, well, if that's true, then how do we help make that vision a reality? Can we help make that vision a reality? And if there's two strong positives to those questions, then it's just figuring out the best route to take. Um, obviously, we're investing, so we're definitely still looking for all the usual indicators in a business. So a strong, credible team, a solid business model, a roadmap to scalability, etc. Um, but none of that's relevant to us unless the answers to those first two questions are key and it mm-hmm. provides us with a strategic advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, I think you have to think about the value that CCEP can add to the startups as well. Like when when you look at, you know, the criteria that you're looking for a startup. Um, so that's really interesting. And would you be able to give us, you know, maybe a few case studies of a new thesis, like any maybe 
Um, I think you mentioned like direct air capture and stuff like that. But yeah, any examples sure. that you can share? Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, let's start with Cure Technology because it's highly relevant because we've just done a recent announcement um, on some new investment that we've done in them. So awesome. Cure Technology has developed um, enhanced depolymerization recycling technology and it provides high quality recycled PET. So the reason that's a benefit to us is that it allows us to recycle our bottles significantly more times than current, current methods enable us to. And so Cure's really going to help us progress our ambition to eliminate virgin oil-based plastic from our bottles, and it will help us um, transition towards a circular economy for PET. Mm -hmm. So you can mm -hmm. see there how it's really integral to our objectives within the business already. Um, another thing that we're working on that I think is really exciting is direct air capture. So mm. in case you're not familiar, direct air capture technologies remove CO2 directly from the atmosphere. So they're removing existing emissions. And once that carbon is captured, it can either be permanently stored or in the vision that we have utilized. So there are a whole host of startups out there that are working on ways to turn carbon dioxide into energy, into packaging, into ingredients. And if you think about what we do, we sell fizzy drinks. So in our case, we use CO2 as an ingredient to make our drinks fizzy. So if you kind of take a step back, you can imagine a future where your drink might have been used, uh, produced using energy from CO2, served in packaging made from CO2, and then with sugar and uh, carbonation that you've literally pulled out of thin air. And it's so exciting because it sounds like utter nonsense and a little bit like science fiction. <laughs> But it's not. And there are really talented people out there that are working on these kind of things that could in the future make that vision a reality. Mm. Mm. And it would be a huge impact like to the environment and as well as, as as for consumers, like who would have thought, you know, like a bottle of Coke has all these technologies behind it and, and so many innovations coming out in that area to to help improve. Um, the coke that you drink every day. Mm. Yeah, and Neil, it's a really great point because it's something like that doesn't just have an impact on the sustainability of the product, but it also has an impact on the way that we operate as a business because it changes our cost structure if we can start to be self-sufficient in some of these things and it provides us with supply continuity of product as well. So it, it has end-to-end -end business um, benefits, not just from a sustainability point of view. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, Nick. And obviously, um, you know, we've, we've titled this podcast Save the Corporate, um, namely because if we're going to save the world <laughs> as a big ambition, we have to save the corporate, you know, in terms of the influence, the impact. And so really, you know, this new thesis that you've articulated and being, you know, focused on sustainability is a real game changer for that. Hey, listeners. Before we jump back into this episode and explore how CCEP tackles their net zero goals through startup partnerships, we want to quickly share with you why we do what we do at CoCubed. Remember the story of David and Goliath? Big giant versus small nimble fighter? Scary standoff? A slingshot? Then dead? Well, imagine if they worked together. Now, imagine if big companies worked with startups. That's our vision of the future. And over the past six years, it's the future we have been building, helping the world's biggest companies solve the world's biggest problems, all powered by startups. Corporates have big sustainability ambitions, but are struggling to meet them. But the solutions already exist. 
They are with startups and just haven't been scaled yet. At CoCubed, we track and monitor over 12 million solutions and can give you access to help scale impactful innovation. So if there is a problem, a challenge, or anything at all that is keeping you up at night and needs solving, drop us a line at connect at cocubed.com and we will help you heal where it hurts. Um, it seems like all upside to be 100% focused on sustainability. Are there, are there any challenges and how are you navigating those challenges in your current role, Nick? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely challenges. So mm. the biggest challenge, if you look at our model, we look at really future focused solutions. And so a lot of that technology is really unproven, especially in commercial yeah. settings. So everything that I've just said to you, there's no guarantee that any of that's going to work. Um, and that can be a real challenge for a large corporate that's used to making decisions based on a really solid business case. Mm. Now, fortunately for us, sustainability is so heavily integrated into our ways of working and our people are really passionate about making sure that we deliver a sustainable future. So we've set out plans um, called This Is Forward, which outlines our sustainability goals. and It's overarched by reaching net zero by 2040. And as with most large corporates and organizations of our size, our size, there's an acknowledgement that we're going to need external technological advancements if we're going to reach that goal. Now, we're really lucky that based on all of that, we have a really incredibly supportive leadership team. They understand the high risk appetite that's needed within our role and they support us to make those right decisions. Um, mm. But it's definitely, there's a lot of upside, but of course there are challenges as well. Yeah, of course. And I, I think for people listening to this in terms of their focus on sustainable innovations, particularly to your point about some of it is unproven um, and a lot of it might not even deliver value until a, a longer period of time. Um, just from your experience, obviously from this new um, CVC thesis, but also throughout your role, Nicola, how do you how do you as a CBC ensure that you're always delivering value back to the business? Um, do you have any you know sort of advice or things that you've learned for for listeners about how you deliver value back to the business? Yeah, I, I actually I don't think that's any more difficult to demonstrate than it was before. Um, yeah. So if we use Cure as an, as an example, I talked about the fact that Cure will provide enhanced recycled material that allows us to recycle our bottles more and more. And that material that they produce will be an integral part of our bottle of the future. Um, so, so you can see how we can say, here's our investment in Cure. And the reason we've invested in it is because they're going to provide us with a route to get to our bottle of the future and that vision we've provided. And this is when mm -hmm. they're going to get to that vision. So, so you can see it end to end and you can see the impact that they're going to have. And I guess the idea is that we intend for all of our partners to be key pieces in the puzzle going forward. So for anybody that we work with, we start to create that vision and that narrative of what they're going to be able to deliver and when we're likely to see the impact. Yeah, that, make, that makes a lot of sense, um, especially, you know, when you've got such a diverse organisation as well, Nick, you know, in terms of um, different parts of the business um, from, you know, where you're based to, factories um do you have ex examples or, or or kind of ways in which you engage the community so you've got your engineers your other business functions um how do you engage your community you know within ccp 
around your vision for CVC? Yeah, I guess we we spend a lot of time doing that. So we spend a lot of time engaging with key stakeholders across the business. So we attend leadership meetings, conferences, speak to our customers even, um, mm-hmm. where appropriate and where they're interested in this kind of thing. And mm-hmm. and the key to success is really ensuring that everybody understands what your purpose is within ventures and how it's necessary for us to work with these partners to deliver the, the vision that we have for the future. So I always try and approach it from, let's look at the bigger picture perspective. So when I share a crazy idea, some of them sound crazy and our subject matter expert says, well, that, that might not work. You know, we've not done anything like that before. And it, you know, X, Y, and Z will stop it from working. The response that I always give back to them is, but what if it does work? If it does work, just take aside for a minute, all the challenges behind it and we can deal with them. But let's just say if it does work, would you have wanted to support it? And will it be beneficial for us in the future? And it's kind of getting people into that mindset and that mentality to say, mm. not everything's going to work, but if you never try, you'll never know. Yeah. Um, and in ventures, we're a really small team. So mm. to what your point, Mark, like our success is hinged on the support of the rest of the business. So it really is a team game and you just have to get people to, to really start to appreciate what you're trying to do and get on board with the mindset change. Mm. And, and do you find that working, Nick? I mean, because as you mentioned, some of these solutions you talked about are stuff of sci-fi, you know, pulling things out of thin air and, you know, are people engaging with that when you give them the question, imagine if, or are there other steps you need to take with them? Do they do they latch onto that when you get, when you paint the vision for them? Yeah, there's, I mean... Some some people do, some people don't. And an innovation yeah. mindset isn't it's unique to people. It's it's not something yeah. that everybody has. So really for me, I think it's about finding the people within the business that want you to succeed. So you mm. can find those people that want to champion this kind of thing and you really get them on board and they help to drive a culture that gets mm. people to accept them. But it's it's really key, I think, for you to share with people um what the vision overall looks like, how it impacts total strategy. So the direct air capture one that we discussed is a really great example of that because you're you're showing how it's going to deliver significant value in several areas of the business, not just one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess this is kind of like age old question for any corporate venture capital out there. Um, and especially if you're a strategic investor, it's the question of like, do you think about investing first or partnering first? How would you tackle that question, Nick? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give you that really generic answer that you probably don't want. So it really depends. Um, <laughs> the classic. The classic. We are, we're always looking, when I look at a business, we're always thinking, how can we partner with them? How can we work with them? And how can we utilize their solution? But sometimes you come across someone that just has a pen and a paper and a really great idea. And they're definitely not in a position to go ahead and partner with you. So if we come across mm-hmm. something that's really early stage, but we genuinely believe in the potential, then maybe it's the right thing to make an investment up front, which allows them to advance their technology and drive it in a way that works towards a partnership with us. Because they need that capital to even get there. But sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes a company already has all the capital that they need and they just need someone to be their first customer. 
And in that instance, there might be no need to invest at all. We can just work with them. And that for us is still a success. We're not driven by the need to invest. We're driven by the impact that we can deliver by working with these startups. So yeah, unfortunately your, your answer is there's no one size fits all approach. Um, you take each on a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. I like I like that. Um, you don't always have to invest in in terms of like how do you measure your success. It's like the relevance to business and how it delivers impact and values to the business. I think um, that's really unique. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Nick, it's been quite a fascinating little snapshot into the you know the starting point of of CCP Ventures. And, and how you started and how the, you know, the, the thesis has shifted, some of the challenges, some of the ways that you are engaging the community to provide value as well, and how you approach investment, how you might approach partnership as well. When we do this podcast, we always end with one question, because um, we know that leaders are listening, um, leaders are learners, and um, are keen to, you know, take a bit of advice from this podcast. So, Nick, if you could give a piece of advice to CVC leaders out there who are listening to this wonderful podcast, what would be your um, one piece of advice to other CVCs on how to make their ventures a hero within their corporate? Big yeah, I knew, I knew you were going to ask something similar, so I held back on one of my previous answers. Um, oh, brilliant. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so um, I think you have to create a narrative that showcases the bigger picture for people to understand. So mm-hmm. to make any of your ventures a success, we're relying on the support of others across the organization. And those people have their own objectives to meet. So when you start sharing startups with them in an ad hoc nature, it can just be seen as a distraction. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the best things that we did when we were starting the sustainability journey was to create ourselves a circular vision of the future. And this is a strategy that we could pin all of our current and potential investments on. And it allows us to demonstrate the value that they will deliver combined. So that rather than just taking one piece at a time, we're saying here is a piece of the puzzle that's going to deliver this bigger vision that we've got, which is a circular carbon economy. Mm -hmm. And that flips the conversation from you just sharing random startups here, there and everywhere and turns it into something that, is an enabling strategy for a future that everybody is behind and believes in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my advice is create the narrative, tell the story, share it consistently. Love that. Mm-hmm. And love that image as well of this puzzle, you know, and sort of seeing ventures as an enabling puzzle piece, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for corporates. I think that's massively helpful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, I think... CBC can be a really important engine in driving, you know, like the business to achieve the goal, like such as net zero um, and other innovation goals or, you know, things that like new technologies that the corporate wants to adopt and achieve. Um, So thank you so much, Nick, for joining us today. Uh, We really enjoy our conversation um, and hope you did as well. (laughs) It was great. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you. And listeners, um, that's all our time for today. Let us know what you think about the story via our social media channels. You can find us at CoCubed on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, and thank you 
ever so much and always for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.